Hello, moviegoers. You're listening to Serious Series, a podcast where I, your host, Kay Wilson, watch a movie series and take it too seriously. Each episode, I watch a movie that comes before or after a movie and give my questions, concerns, comments, and compliments. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the film. Welcome to the theater. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you haven't seen the Harry Potter films, you should not be listening to this. This podcast contains serious spoilers, and I will not apologize for it. A mysterious old man walks down a street and collects the light from street lamps in a strange metal object. A cat turns into a woman, and a large hairy man descends from the sky on a flying motorcycle holding an infant Harry Potter in his arms. They place the baby on a doorstep with a letter and go on their way. Based on the beloved book written by J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is a fond memory for so many adults still waiting for their owls to arrive. Directed by Chris Columbus and starring Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint, Harry and his friends learn about the magical world of wizarding and discover that not everything magic is good. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone debuted in September of 2001 and grossed to over a billion dollars. It has been ten years since He Who Must Not Be Named has disappeared. The wizarding world has gone back to normal life, without fear of evil lurking around every corner. The Ministry of Magic has made sure to make every witch and wizard feel safe. But Harry Potter knows none of this. Living in a cupboard under the stairs at 4 Privet Drive, Surrey, with his uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia, and cousin Dudley, Harry only knows abuse and neglect. It's Dudley's birthday. And Harry must make breakfast for the Dursleys before they all head to the zoo to celebrate. After having a lovely conversation with a snake, Harry endures more whimsical abuse from his family when letters arrive inviting Harry to Hogwarts. Rescued from his family by Hagrid, Harry goes on a journey to discover that he is a wizard. And not just any wizard, the only one known to have survived an encounter with he who must not be named. Throughout the year, Harry and his friends Ron and Hermione discover a mystery. Why was Gringotts Bank broken into, and what is hidden deep within the halls of Hogwarts Castle? Following several dangerous experiences, the wizarding trio discovered that the Sorcerer's Stone, a magical artifact that grants eternal life, is being kept safe from evil or so they believe. After enduring horrific trials, Harry finds Professor Quirrell looking at the mirror of Erised. He wants the stone for his master, but cannot get it. 
Harry looks in the mirror and receives the stone. When Quirrell attacks Harry, he is turned to stone and dies. Professor Dumbledore explains that it was love that protected Harry. Now that his first year at Hogwarts has ended, Harry is forced to return to his abusive family. What will happen while he is away? Will Harry Potter come back to Hogwarts for his second year? Only time will tell. You know what I love about the theater? It's the togetherness I feel when I'm sitting in a room full of strangers experiencing the same thing at the same time. Where else can you hear the collective sigh of relief when the bad guy is defeated, or the shock and terror when you find out the killer is in the house? At the theater, we all come from different places, but just for a couple of hours, we're together. Here. Now. Welcome to the intermission. This is the time where we can relax and get away from the seriousness for a few minutes. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like what you are hearing, think about following my Instagram at SeriousSeriesPod. There, you will find some super serious stuff about films and announcements on what is coming next in the podcast. Whatever you do, just remember, your passions are for you and no one else. Never let anyone convince you that your movie obsession is bad. They're wrong. Oh, looks like the movie's back on. This movie brings up a lot of nostalgia for me. In 2001, I was just a bit younger than the main characters and I longed to be special in any sort of way. I related to Harry, even if I didn't know why. And looking back at this film, I still do, though for different reasons. While young, I marveled at a secret world that accepted and celebrated people's differences. I longed for a place that my magic, my differentness, belonged. But now, seeing this film 20 years later, I realized that Harry wasn't special. Not really. Yes, he had magic, but he wasn't particularly good at it. And though he had a spectacular past, he still grew into a boy who had no family, no love until he found friends. But more saddening is that Harry was the victim of adults who didn't really know what they were doing. And if they did, they were malicious. Professor Dumbledore left Harry to an abusive family. Even McGonagall was doubtful about that choice. But Dumbledore believed that fame would be worse for him than a family that was the worst sorts of muggles. I can imagine that Dumbledore would want to shield Harry from the fate of a famous child, usually turning to drugs and alcohol, or in the wizarding world worse. I feel there may have been a different motivation, though. Harry was only 11 when he found fame and fortune, Still quite a young kid. How is 11 years old any different from a baby who could grow up accustomed to the fame? I believe Dumbledore used the Dursleys to shape Harry into a more impressionable person. If Harry grew up knowing he was famous, he would have been more resistant to the molding Dumbledore wanted to do to him. Molding for what, you ask? 
to defeat Voldemort? Maybe. Or maybe to solidify a legacy of glory. Now, if you have ever read any theories about Harry Potter, you'll have heard the one about who the real Chosen One was, Neville Longbottom. But more on that in a future episode. Coming back to Sorcerer Stone, what better standing can an old, possibly senile man have than to be the trainer, the mentor, of an immensely powerful wizard? Harry did have part of Voldemort's being inside of him after all. Of course he'd have power. Keeping Harry's whereabouts secret gave Dumbledore the perfect opportunity to reveal the Chosen One when he was at the height of his power as the headmaster of one of the most prolific schools of magic. And what about Professor McGonagall, or Professor Snape, or even Quirrell? While McGonagall had the right feeling about leaving Harry with the Dursleys, she blindly followed Dumbledore, something that she'll do later in the series as well. And Professor Snape, who as far as we know at this point in the series is just kind of a jerk, could have done more to protect the school and the wizarding trio. He knew about Quirrell. Whether he knew exactly what was going on, he knew about the hugely powerful artifact being guarded, and all he did was strong-arm the very man attempting to get it. Professor McGonagall was a smart and powerful witch. She knew how to do things that a lot of magic users don't. She was an animagus, and a talented transfigurationist. Professor Snape was a master alchemist. But Quirrell? While we don't know much about him, surely the school did. Is there no vetting process for Hogwarts? Professor Quirrell was hiding the darkest wizard ever under a turban, a piece of fabric, with the amount of ways wizards have to find the truth, with perhaps Veritiserum or Liquid Luck or any other number of spells and potions you'd think they'd know. At any rate, I can't help but smile when I hear the mysterious chimes, horns, and strings of the main theme of this film. John Williams' soundtrack for The Sorcerer's Stone, which was nominated for the Best Original Score at the Academy Awards, brings a feeling of whimsy and mystery. While Harry and the audience are discovering this strange new world, they're also discovering a new musical motif that will carry through seven years of discovery and intrigue, though nothing will beat the feelings the first year invokes. Paired with the fantastic soundtrack is the masterful cinematography of The Sorcerer's Stone, while the soundtrack brings the wonder, the cinematography brings the awe. From the moment Hogwarts Castle towers over the new students, to the magical Great Hall and the terrifying yet charming Grand Staircase, the audience feels like just a small part of the huge world of Harry Potter. I did want to know, though. Where was Peeves? That's all I need to know. thoughts, watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is like growing up. You start to realize that adults don't always have your best interest in mind, or they just don't know what they're doing. What was once bright and shiny and special has turned dark and uncomfortable. This film that will live in the hearts of millennials was an avenue to escape the terrorist attack of 9-11 and a way for so many children to live out their dreams of being special. But the movie is flawed, based on a flawed book, written by a deeply flawed author. The magic and the fun barely mask the darker themes of abandonment and recklessness, whether by design or not. 
I give this movie a 7 out of 10. The cinematography and the score are possibly the best in the series and capture the audience from the beginning. The acting is phenomenal and really shows that Chris Columbus knows how to set the actors up for success. But something is off about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It's that the wizarding world is not exciting and strange. It's sad, just like our world. It's filled with bad and stupid people. And frankly, that sucks.